0: God, I thank you, Lord, that, that whatever is spoken tonight, Lord, that it's not from us. It is not from, from our opinions, God, but it's from your word. It's through your spirit, God. And I thank you that right now that no one, that no one will leave the same way that they came. God, I thank you that we open up our hearts right now. God, if there's been fear that's been stopping us from opening up our hearts, fear go in the name of Jesus right now. We are not afraid of change when you're bringing the change, God. Mm -hmm. We are not afraid of change when you're bringing the change, Father. So we open up our hearts. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you know us. That you know us. That you love us unconditionally. That we don't have to perform. No longer, no longer do we have to perform to gain your love, to gain any more of your love, God. Because your love is already unconditional for Thank you, Jesus. God, to thank you that I don't say anything that you don't want me to say, God. But thank you, God, for that. But thank you for your help. I need your help. We need your help tonight, God. I pray protection. The spirit of offense does not belong here tonight. The spirit of offense does not belong here tonight. Because change is going to come tonight. And the spirit of offense is going to try to come along with that. But it does not belong here tonight. And you have to go in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your peace. God, that there's nobody worried right now about tomorrow. Because you say in your word that tomorrow has enough worries of its own. God, that your mercies for us are new every day. So we're not trying to live tomorrow. We're not trying to live tomorrow. We're done trying to live tomorrow. God, we're here right now with you. And we want want what you have for us. But God, we, we want to know you more. We want to know you in a deeper way. God, we want to seek you with all of our heart. So I thank you, God, for the opportunity tonight. The opportunity tonight to walk out different, to walk out with change the prayers that have been prayed, that God win, God win, win. God, I thank you. I thank you that we can surrender everything to you today, tonight. God, and we just pray for your presence, to, for your Holy Spirit to be here tonight. God, we allow you to have your way and to do whatever you want tonight. We give you permission to do whatever you want tonight. God, yes, we have a plan. We have an agenda. But your plan and your agenda is more important than ours. So we thank you, God, for that. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Um, so tonight, um, you guys got the gist already. Um, there's a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you all. Um, and, and a couple of things that you'll hear tonight. Um, from, from the people that are going to be speaking is, is what prompted us to change? Um, what prompted us to want to seek a change in our life? Um, why, why were we not okay with where we were? Not because of where God put us, but because, for me, because of my stupidity in a lot of different ways, where I put myself. Why wasn't I okay with that? Um, why, why am I not okay And why would you not be okay with where you're at right now? In the way of, go deeper with God. You can always go deeper with God, always. Um, And then also, um, do what it takes. Do what it takes to give your entire life. Are you willing to do what it takes to give your entire life? That's a hard, that's hard. It's very simple, but it's hard. and and stepping outside your comfort zone. Um, my comfort zone's been destroyed many times, um, and I've tried to I've tried to rebuild my comfort zone many times um, after it's been destroyed. Um, and and starting with that, so so steps to freedom. What am I talking about today? Is, is for me? What was that? I've never shared my testimony here. Um, and and. I'm gonna let God lead me in what I need to share tonight, um, but I want to be open. And I want to be honest with you guys. I, I love that. I love people that are open and honest, um, and I, I do my best to be open and honest with you guys. Um, not everybody would believe that, and that's totally fine. Um, but I do my best to be open and honest with you guys. Um, as far as freedom and what God did for me and in my life um, was out of Psalms one thirty nine when we were. When, when Steve let us know, hey, do you guys mind sharing you know, freedom? I was like, oh yeah, we don't mind at all. Um, and Psalms 39, 139 was really what we went through um, and what we're trying to encircle and bring back. Um, and my portion um, of Psalms 139 that, that is, for me, um, is the end, uh, verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. It was, it was really easy for me, it was really easy for me to, to say that to God. God, search my heart, search my heart, God. And I felt good saying it, search my heart, God. Whatever you, whatever's in there, you take it out, search my heart. Um, but when I was saying that, I didn't have the expectation, I didn't have the expectation for one, for God to be like, yeah, this is something you didn't see, You know, here it is. Like, and I've heard stories of people saying that, like God revealed to me something that was in me that I didn't know. Because we, we like to say we know ourselves the best, right? We know ourselves better than any, anybody else in here. I know myself better than y'all know me. You know, we, we like to say that very quickly. Um, and, and I like to say that very quickly. Is I know myself. I know if there's something bad. I know if there's something good, and I know how to fix that um, based on what God's word says. This is in the past, right? How I was talking and thinking, um, and there was a time where I didn't. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I was lost. Okay. Every story doesn't have to be you're lost. I didn't know I was lost. Um, I was. I was happy with with where God had me. And, and I was thinking that I was where God wanted me to be. So I was smooth sailing. You know, people, people think, you know, it's, it's, they don't like the roller coaster ride. They just want to make sure it's a straight, steady, you know, life. Yes, thank you, God. Um, and I felt like I was there. I was like, finally, you know, just, just, just <laughs> steady. Um, and uh, I was fine with that. I was content with that. I didn't need anything else um and then when i was about 17 years old um and 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 to be open and honest in this time frame i was in pornography in this time frame i was stealing from people in this time frame i was lying all the time okay how could i think and i, I was honestly thinking that i was okay that's crazy that is crazy and and that's why it's that's why we need freedom, right? Is is the reason why I needed freedom is because I didn't know I, I, didn't know I needed freedom, and I'm not saying try to find a way that you need freedom tonight. That's not what I'm saying, um, and I, I just God just prompted me to say that. So um, it's not what I'm saying, and and I told God I was like <laughs> after after. I started going to church services, and pastors that I didn't know evangelists came and prayer lines, I was a part of the prayer lines and everything like that, and every time they got to me, started prophesying, you're gonna be a preacher one day, you're gonna be a preacher one day, you're gonna preach God's word, he's called you to preach God's word. Um, And with a two month time frame, there was three different ministers that I respected, that were saying that. Um, after the first one, I was like, Psh, you know, okay, cool. Um, and then the second one came and I was like, what's wrong with these people? Then the third one, um, I got upset. I was like, no, I'm done. Goodbye, God, deuces. Is th- it, I, I told God, I said, if this is what you have for me, I don't want any part of it. Um, and so I turned my back on God. I turned my back on God. And when I turned my back on God, nobody else knew it. That's how lost I was is I turned my back on God and nobody else knew it. I knew how to do all the, all the going by the motions. I knew how to do all of it. I knew how to do all of it. And, and when I turned my back on God, I told him, I said, if that's what you have for me, I don't want it. Um, and, <laughs> and God loves me. So he wasn't like, all right, I guess. If you don't want <laughs> it, sure, fine. He loves me. So he sent people. He's going to keep sending people. Um, he's gonna, You're going to always have a desire um, for something more because we were created to glorify God. Um, so if you felt like there's just, you feel like you've done everything you can do, but that desire is still there. Something's still there and you don't know what that is and it won't go away. As much as you pray, as much as you try to do everything you can think of, it's because God's still calling. God's still calling you, he's still leading you, he's still directing you. Yeah, and he's gonna do that. Yeah. He's gonna continue to do that because he loves you. Yeah. Because he loves you. Um, and, and long story short, I, <laughs> I should have lost my life. And it wasn't like, a, oh, well, I think I should have lost my, I know I should have lost my life um, for my own stupidity. Um, and, and I'll be quick and then I'll go into the last scripture because um, I wasn't planning on sharing this but um, is, is I was I was leaving downtown Fort Worth some of you guys might have heard this but I'll make it quick Is I was leaving downtown Fort Worth um, backtracking I was I was dating this girl that I wasn't supposed to be dating and I knew that from the beginning um, and God let me know from the beginning out of my own mouth that I'm just in this girl's life to direct her to God was it wasn't for anything extra at all okay um and and after god told me no i literally told him no i said i said and this is after six months okay six months of dating and i was like okay i'm ready to talk to her dad i told her hey i'm gonna talk to your dad you know we're just gonna move things forward i'm ready you know um and you know this was after this was after um, she came to the Lord. This was after um, she received. She received the Holy Spirit. This is after um, you know, all this. All this great progression. All this great blessings in the sight of what I thought was the sight of the Lord, right? And then I get this no, and I'm like, God, you looking at this relationship? Like we decided we're not gonna have sex. We decided that we're gonna we're gonna pray together. We decided we're gonna seek you together, and you're gonna tell me no. You're, you're missing something. And I got so mad at God, I got so mad. Um, and, and with that, he told me no. And I, I argued, I wrestled. Um, I, I got to the point where I lost my appetite. I wasn't, I would sleep at night, but I wake up restless. Um, like I didn't sleep at all. Um, I was literally just, it was just eating me, eating me from the inside. Um, and at that point, I realized, oh my gosh, <laughs> what, what am I doing? What am I doing? Um, and still continued it. I, I I realized what was going on. I realized that I needed freedom. I realized that I needed a change, and I continued it. <laughs> Why? Why? Because temporary feelings feel good temporary feelings feel good. They do. They feel really good. And when those temporary feelings are gone, it's easy. Let's go get some more temporary feelings. And while you're you're going back to get more temporary feelings, whatever that is for your life, whatever that is for your life, while you're going back trying to get more temporary feelings, what that does is it, it, it it blots off the voice of God. It blots off the voice of wisdom. And I my heart was hardened. It was hardened. It was hardened. And, and, and it was that night that I left from hanging out, from hanging out with her that I knew I wasn't supposed to hang out with her. Um, and that was the first night, sorry to spit. The first night that I left. <laughs> And I didn't feel any conviction. That was the first night I left, and I didn't feel any conviction. And I said, finally, finally, God's left me alone. Finally. That's what I said. That's what I said. And I regretted that so much. And God's forgiven me for it. But just thinking about it, how dare I do that after everything that God's given me? So I said, finally. I was on top of the world. I was so happy. So happy. I had my windows down. I was driving 60, 70 miles an hour leaving downtown Fort Worth. Everybody was going slow that day. And, and in the, I, was in the far, I was in the far left lane. I needed to get in the far right lane. That was where the exit was. And it was on a bridge exiting. It was one of the u turns slow down to 20 miles an hour kind of thing. Um, and as I got over and it was a down slope, I came back to reality and was like, oh, no, I'm going too fast. Um, and, and at that moment, and I have to wrap it up, sorry. At that moment, um, I was like, okay, the only thing I can do is drift around this corner. Because if I hit the brakes, I'm gonna just, my tires are gonna lock and I'm gonna go off the bridge. It wasn't the biggest, thickest wall ever. So um, I just started drifting and um, I was in the drift and I'd never drifted going 60 before. So I didn't come out when I thought I would. And I just slammed into the wall. Um, The airbag went off. Um, First thing I did is I checked to make sure I was alive, so I was alive. Second thing was if anything was broken, and I checked to make sure nothing was broken. Third thing was the movies, the car always explodes, so I get out of the car and took off off running down the the bridge. And and, and and, and that woke me up, right? That woke me up. Um, And then what woke me up even more, and then I'll finish with this is my cousin called me the next morning she knew nothing right she knew nothing my cousin called me the next morning this is what woke me up she said matt are you okay i was like yeah what's up she's like i just had the craziest dream last night it was like the realest thing and i just had to call you right so she calls me early in the morning i'm like oh tell me about it what happened you know she said she said i don't know i just I just had a dream that you flew out of your windshield and you your your ribs were sticking out of your chest and you were just dying. You were choking on your blood and everything. And in that moment, when she told me that, I had a vision of that. I had a vision of that. And in that moment, God said, "That's what should have happened to you. That's what should have happened to you." Going back, I didn't have my seatbelt on. When the airbag hit me, it hit me in the stomach, and I was bleeding in my stomach um, on the outside. But but God told me that's what should have happened to you. And I saw it, I can still see it, it's not fun, but it's not a bad reminder. Um, and, and in that moment, I said, after I hung up the phone, so I was like, oh no, I'm good, You know, I'm, just, I'm like, I'm good. And I hung up, I just started bawling, bawling. And I said, God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I said, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. Um, and, and I wanna end with this scripture, um, it's James, book of James chapter 1 and starting in verse starting verse 19 Um, it says so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce righteousness of God therefore lay aside all filthiness an overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And please read the rest of that. It's good. Um, but there's so many times that, that God speaks to us and we don't do anything about it. Then we forget that. We forget everything that God said. And then we go back to God with the same conversation. Why, God? Why, God? When he just told us and then we didn't do anything and we forgot about it. And then we go back to God and say, why, God? Why? Why am I in this place? I don't know what to do, but God literally just told you what to do. And then out of your own mouth, you said, yeah, God told me to do this. And we didn't do anything about it. So don't just be a hearer of God's word, but be a doer. Be a doer. That's good. Be a doer. That's good. Bless you.
1: He wanted me to make a public apology to those of you who have been hurt by the Christian community and the church. And so I just wanted to say, on behalf of the Christian community and my brothers and sisters, that I'm sorry if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by Christians that haven't loved you the way that Jesus wants to love you. And so um, I just wanted to start off by that. And also, if you haven't felt loved or valued by me, those of you who are in the cornerstone that know me, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry because that is not the way Jesus wants me to behave and that's not the way he wants us as Christians to represent him to the world around us. So um, in continuing with the trend of just being open and honest and vulnerable before you, um, I just want to talk about my journey and finding healing and freedom from the fear of rejection, from the fear of being rejected by people. Um, Glory to God that I've experienced a lot of healing in my life from rejection. Um, And so I'm sure many of you have felt this way too. Um, If you wanna raise your hand, you can, you don't have to, but um, have any of you felt left out or felt like it was difficult to make genuine friendships with people around you? (laughs) Um, Have any of you been afraid to be found uninteresting or boring by other people? Have any of you been afraid to be found not good enough by other people, whatever good enough means to you? Yeah. So I struggled with this deeply in my life, but like all of us, um, going through high school, it was really challenging for me to make friendships. Um, and I struggled with not trusting people. I didn't really want to trust them because I thought they were insincere or fake. Um, and I second guessed their sincerity and their genuineness, um, especially when I was in small groups with girls, like all through high school, my small groups were okay, um, but I didn't feel like I could connect with the girls in a deep level. I just felt like it was surface level and they didn't wanna know about what was really going on in my life and the hurts that I was carrying, but that wasn't true. Um, the root of my fear of rejection stemmed from an identity crisis issue I placed my identity in what people thought of me, or what I thought people thought of me. So there's a helpful quote. I um, was thinking about um, my pastor, Brian Andrews. He was talking about not living on people's praises and dying by their criticism. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) because so often we can just get so bogged down by what people think of us. But what really matters is what God thinks of us. So in order to not feel the pain of rejection in my life during high school and into college, I thought that if I isolated myself from the community, I would no longer feel rejected. I mean, that makes logical sense. Like, if I feel like I'm gonna be rejected because of me, then I should just isolate myself from people and I will be fine with myself and with those around me. So after high school, I kind of not fell out of the church, but I wasn't emotionally present. I wasn't there um, physically either um, in the church at times or even like in college groups. Um, I was just like, it wasn't helpful for me in high school, so why would it be helpful for me after high school and into college? Um, Yeah. So isolation did not serve me well. Uh, It created a false reality that everything was fine and that I was okay. And um, last year in 2017, I experienced a really hurtful relationship that kind of woke me up. It woke me up because I realized that I didn't have people to support me, my Christian brothers and sisters. Um, And just, I didn't have a community of people that I could talk to or go to, and my family was very um, involved in their lives, and I couldn't really talk to them um, as much as I wanted to, and I did have a relationship with God. I was talking to God, um, but I needed the comfort of the community around me, and I didn't have that because I hadn't isolated myself, and so by the grace of God, I was willing to step into community after experiencing this hurtful relationship and um, be vulnerable again with the people around me, and part of that was by living in the discipleship houses at the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been greatly blessed to be there. Um, It's definitely enriched my life. Um, What I once attributed to being unhelpful and even hurtful, being in a small group, being with um, Christian brothers and sisters, I found healing, healing in the community. And so I would like to um, point you to some scriptures. So... um, Okay. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. I'll wait for you to change your Bibles there. Okay. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our days are drawing near. With each breath, we get closer and closer to the end of our life. And um, it's so important that we stay in community with each other. And um, so I encourage you to be a part of a small group. Be a part of a life group here in the Cornerstone. Go to church, guys. It's not bad. It's good. It's helpful. Make friends. I know that some people feel like going to church or being in a Christian community is pointless. It's not. And if you feel like you're not going to be accepted, it's a lie. It's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe because he doesn't want you to experience um, the community so that way you can grow stronger together. Um, we can't fight this fight alone. We have to do it together. So be intentional with your time. Don't wait for people to <laughs> invite you. Invite yourself. Yes. Do it. Yes. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> be vulnerable. It. Share what's bothering you. Share your life with people. Um, If you don't share, people won't know what's going on. And be flexible. Be ready to let God interrupt your life. Let him interrupt your life with people. Um, I thought being the introvert that I am, being in the discipleship house, that wouldn't be the best idea because I like to follow my own schedule and do my own thing because I'm very much an independent person. But the Lord broke that, um, that selfishness off of me and showed me that it's okay to let people interrupt your day or what I thought was interrupting my day it's okay um and so i encourage you also to appreciate each other's differences and diversify your community of friends don't just stop at the people that are not disabled there's people out there that want to be your friend that are blind there's people out there that want to be your friend that can't hear and they're not limited by their disabilities what we think that are limitations are not limitations for them so don't don't discriminate guys be friends with everyone so that's what i wanted to share we put cover
2: Life. If y'all don't know, that's at the very, very, very tip of Texas. Um, it's predominantly Mexican people. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I moved up here and I was on my own. You know, I was making completely new friends. I'd never really, I'd, I'd ever been in this area before. Didn't know anyone. And things were going well. You know, I was making friends with people. I was connecting with people at the church. School was going well. And then spring semester comes around and I was just, I just started getting bogged down by my thoughts. Um, It it, it all just started with one little thing, which was comparison. I started comparing myself to other people. And oh my gosh, that was all I needed. That was all my mind needed, especially um, just being in a place of transition. You know, the end was just so ready to like, boom. Anyway, so. Yeah, it was to the point where I couldn't even function anymore. Um, I had gone through depression a couple of years ago, and I felt it coming back. And I was just praying and asking God, like, God, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to fall back into this. You know, I, I don't want to take meds for this again. Like, no, I don't want this again. I was, I, I, put, I wrote down, I was like, I was so sick of tired of being sick and tired. Yes. You know, maybe y'all felt like that before. Yes. Um, yeah so like I said it was just debilitating like I couldn't I couldn't really I couldn't do anything it was weird and I felt insane I felt crazy and I remember telling God like God I I feel like I'm losing my mind am I losing my mind you know I didn't really share this with too many people people knew the friends around me knew that things were were off Um, but I wasn't communicating with them well you know I would just say like yeah I'm, I'm Okay, yeah, I'm kind of kind of down today, but but I'm okay. And you know they prayed for me. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. And then there came a time where I was like, I'm not okay, and I don't know what to do. Um, and you know people were still praying for me, but um, I guess the steps that I started taking towards towards that freedom of the mind was was crying out to God, literally just crying on my knees. I don't know what to do, Lord. Um, and then he, he showed me. He just started revealing things to me, um, and he was like, "Rebuke this. This isn't from me. Rebuke this." And so, I just started. to. I took the authority in Jesus' name, and I commanded, you know, my thoughts to be to be in alignment with the Lord. And I commanded, you know, any 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 thoughts that were lies from the enemy to to be gone in the name of Jesus. And I just kept doing that. And then God showed me the next step. And the next step, He was just like, "Just start praising me. Just start praising me. Just start." Yeah. start Start thanking me for things. And so I did. I, I like I can picture myself. I was I was home alone. I was in the kitchen and I was like just sobbing <laughs> and I was just, just praising him and I was like, thank you, Lord, thank you for this house, thank you for the people in this house, you know, thank you for for, for the life that I have right now that I'm not, you know, on the street. And I was just praising him, and praising him. And and then I felt another prompting and he was just telling me, start telling me, um, start fasting i was like what because <laughs> i had never really fasted before i would never really you know studied that or knew too much about it um but i was like okay so from that moment <laughs> you know i stopped um i had stopped you know my meals because i was just like all right lord i want to focus this desire on you now and when i get hungry i just want to press into you even more because i want you to i want to i want to hear you clear and die to my my flesh you know die to my mind and so i started doing that. And God just started, it was so cool, guys. Like, it was so cool. God just started showing me little things here and there. Um, And I want to share, I want to share just some of those thoughts that I was struggling with really quick. I want to go back to that really quick. Like I said, comparison, which led to jealousy. Um, That was a huge thing. You know, the the thoughts of why can't I be in a relationship like everyone seems to be around me. Um, I started comparing myself to leadership around me. You know, being like, well, why are these leaders getting all this praise within this ministry? Like, you know, I want to be praised for something good. Um, All of those kind of things. Uh, Yeah. So, like I said, now moving on, even even in, you know, I'm not going to tell you that all of these things were like a quick fix. You know, God was prompting me and showing me things step by step. Like I said, you know, the fasting led to scripture um, which I want to share with you guys. Second Chronicles twenty, twenty two. That's this is like solid. I love this so much. So it's the story of uh, Jehoshaphat, and um, I'll just read it really quick. Where is it? Okay. As they say, oh wait, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. began to sing and praise the Lord set ambushes against the men of Am- Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated so basically like I said Jehoshaphat was like in this bind and God miraculously defeated the whole army that was against them because of the people's obedience to praise him so going back to the praising led to the next step which is fasting which is where God revealed scripture to me to start focusing on. Um, And then another scripture was, this was like a really big deal for me too, is um, Psalm 22, 3. This one's pretty short. And I highly encourage you guys to memorize this one too. Um, It's really simple. It just says, He inhabits the praises of his people. And guys, when when we start praising the Lord, the enemy can't be there. He hates it. He hates it. And... So when we praise the lord it invites his presence it's not that he's not with us he's always with us god is always with us but when we start praising him he's like yes if he's just there it's like it's so solid it's like a like a like a glue you know um so yeah okay one more one more scripture i want to mention um and i'm sure a lot of y'all know this philippians 4 6 through 9 and this one i just i'm going to read this over to you guys or received from me, or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you." So I just claim that over you guys right now. Do not be anxious about anything, and focus your mind on the things that are of the Lord, that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. Um, So yeah. I'm sorry, there's one more. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world, On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So with all those scriptures, (laughs) prayer and meditation were key weapons for me to, to gain freedom from my own mind and victory in the battlefield of my mind. So I'm just gonna like recap. Praying, praying, taking authority in the name of Jesus over your mind, over your thoughts. That's the first step. It's you know it's it's not too not too hard. You know I feel like memorizing scriptures a little bit difficult sometimes. So praying, first off, that's what I suggest for your first step. Um, there's a really cool quote from Thomas Edison. Uh, there's this book that I was reading during this time from. Uh, Joyce Meyer, it's called the Mind Connection. Really good book about gaining victory over your mind. Um, The quote is, "Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time." So that's what I mean when I'm saying, like talking about praying and stuff. Don't give up. Keep doing it. Even if you feel like there isn't anything that's changing in your mind, and you still feel like you're psycho, (laughs) keep praying. Keep (laughs) keep telling the enemy to go away um, and then as for praising keep doing that too <laughs> You know, keep thanking the Lord keep track of, of things that, that you're grateful for from the Lord um, and then the biggest part of this is meditating, memorizing scripture um, and then if the Lord leads you to fast, cool do it, but don't do it unless he calls you to <laughs>
3: um,
2: yeah and then just repeat. Rinse, lather. Rinse, yeah. <laughs> Keep doing it. Um, but yeah, so that, that's basically what I wanted to share with you guys. It's really its really hard. It's a real struggle, the mind. Um, and I feel like it's a struggle that a lot of people don't share because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And people are really good at hiding it. I was really good at hiding it. And uh, yeah, so I just want to pray for you guys. Um, for this, just because I've been through this, and I don't know who's struggling with this right now, but I want to pray for you guys, because the enemy, he has no right to you. Um, so I'm going to pray really quick. Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for this night, and I thank you for speaking um, to each and every person here, Lord, in, in your own personal way, to each of those people. God, I just, um, I just command any thoughts, any thoughts that are lies from the enemy, that you are not good enough. That you are not worthy, that you're not doing enough, that you're just, you're stupid. You're not. In the name of Jesus, I command these lies to leave each and every person's mind right now. In the name of Jesus, be gone. I claim freedom in the name of Jesus over all of these people. What I thank you that you died on the cross so that they could die to that sin, Lord, so they could die to those lies, God. I thank you for that freedom that you've brought to them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Yeah. yeah,
4: so not always a quick fix, guys, but doable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about an uh, old test. Well, not old, it's a old. So, <laughs> <laughs> So for, like, growing up as a kid, I always enjoyed serving people, and that was something that, you know, I I found pleasure, in. it It wasn't like a chore, you know, somebody was like, hey, can you come help me rake my yard, or can you help me do this? It was always something that I'd be like, yeah, like, I genuinely, you know, felt joy in helping people, and so I would, I would help people, and I would do it, but I never realized that part of the reason I enjoyed it was because of the... Attention I'd get, or like how it fed my own identity, and so I I began to wrap my own identity up based off of how I served people, and I mean it got to a point where there was times where I would I would be serving in some situation, and I wouldn't stop until they would acknowledge the things that I was doing, and I didn't realize I was doing that. You know, that, that's something that was revealed to me later. It's like that's why you work so hard. And, you won't stop until somebody's like, "Dang, dude, you work really hard. Like, it's okay. You can stop now." And you know, I'd, I'd always go the extra mile. And from the outside perspective, people were like, "Wow, this guy's a really hard worker. This guy really, you know, you know, he, he's like a good guy." You know, and so it was really, you know, sneaky in a sense because, you know, from other people's perspective, they couldn't even correct me on it because they didn't know what I was doing wrong. But if you looked inside of me, you would see that you know I was beat up with pride, and you know it was like. That was who I was, you know. And if I didn't have an opportunity to serve, you know, I would start to feel anxious and like, am I a Christian? Am I this? And I was like, because that's what I had to do. I had to help people. Um, you know, I, I even went on a few mission trips. So one, one to Costa Rica, you know, with Logan and a, few, a lot of other people. But um, but even there, you know, even even going overseas into another place, it was still, you know, that was still something that I brought with me, um, and it, it was really bad. And then one day, um, the cornerstone. We usually take like a spring, spring uh, whatever you call it, adventure camp type, whatever you want to say. And we went to Arizona two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. And during one of the worship[s] that we had, you know, we we're all singing songs. We're out on the porch and whatnot. And I remember I was sitting down, um, you know, trying to worship and you know get in the moment. And I remember God telling me, he's like, you need humility. And I was like, what do you mean I need humility? I was like, pretty humble. And and then it was like, and I didn't know what he meant by you need humility. But then all of a sudden he showed me, and I kind of got like a flash of like a million different times that I had served people. It was like kind of all at once. Like I just got a flash of it. And he's like, none of those were for me. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I went to Costa Rica for you. <laughs> I know like, of this for you know, it kind of like, it, it was confusing at first, but then you know, he revealed to me, he's like, all those times you were doing that, you were doing that for you, um, you were getting glory from it, and, and you know, I kind of got a little bit annoyed and kind of depressed because it's like, well, dang, I wasted like sixteen years of my life, <laughs> but at the same time, it was like good because it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? And. I remember the first thing I did is like as soon as that hit me, I went up to Steve. I don't even know if you realized this, because I didn't explain what was happening. But I remember I asked him, I said, Hey, can you pray that I get humility? Um, I didn't even tell him what I needed, or I was just like, I just need humility. And and so he prayed for me. And and then from that point on, I made a conscious effort to make sure that the things I did in acts of service that I was giving God glory for. It. And that was really hard to do. That was like it's hard it's easy to say okay i'm going to give god glory in all the acts that i do but it's like to actually do it it's confusing because it's like well how how do you do it and so one of the things that i did you know like we we're talking about steps to freedom and so i guess you could say one of the steps that i took was maintaining a relationship with god number one seeking after him you know if you seek after him you know you're going to be more like him and one of those acts is humility so i mean that's kind of an obvious you should be doing that As a Christian, anyways. But um, I would also make a conscious effort, you know, if there was an opportunity to serve, to pray beforehand and be like, God, check my heart and make sure that the motives within me are pure, that I'm not doing this so that I get glory. And I said, I don't want glory for this. Or I do want glory for it, but I don't want it. You know, it was like that mixed motive. I was like, make my heart right because if I do this right now, I'm going to get glory for it. And I remember a few times where there was situations that I didn't go and serve because I knew that I would feel like I'm, you know, boosting my ego through it. And so I wouldn't go because I knew that there's no purpose in going because it's not for God. So why am I going to do it? Um, And yeah, so I want to kind of segue that in, not so much to uh, like acts of service. I mean, if y'all struggle with that, well, now you know. But uh, <laughs> I want to talk about how to be on guard of the deceitfulness of sin. Because you see, I was deceived into thinking that what I was doing was good, and then God revealed to me what that it was wrong. And, but the problem is, is that for all that time, I thought I was doing good, and I didn't realize that it was bad. Um, that's why they call it deception. You don't, it's, you're deceived. And so how do you not be deceived? How do you know what's true and what your real motives are? Well, like you can go back to the verse that Matt shared at the beginning, um, Psalms 139, uh, 23, you know, search me, O God, and know my hearts. Know my heart, I only have one. Uh, (laughs) Test me and know my anxious thoughts, um, and see if there be any offensive way uh, in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. It's like if you pray that, you know, um, why wouldn't God show you? You know, He doesn't want you to live a a life where you're deceived. You know, as you seek after God, um, it's kind of like a light, like imagine a light, you know, you have these lights, and the closer you get to it, the brighter it is, you know, the more things are illuminated. You take the light away, and then it starts to get blurry and dark. It's the same way, actually, yeah, I mean, mind. That's
3: to take it. Um,
4: <laughs> so in the same way, if, as you're seeking God, you're, as you draw near to him, you're gonna see things that are within you that you didn't see before. Um, and this is uh, this is just a good verse just to meditate on because you know we don't want to live our lives in deceived. We want to live our lives open and honest. And if there's anything in us, we need to confess it. Um, and then that also brings me into the point of confessing your sins to others. That's important. Um, I should know the verse. It's in Second Timothy. But it's you know confess your sins one to another, and then you'll be healed. And you know. That's kind of what I thought of, like, whenever I went to Steve, you know, and I was like, hey, Steve, I need humility, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to go and humble myself and tell the pastor that, hey, I need humility, you know, like, I mean, in and of itself, that's humbling, and that's an important facet to have, you know, because in it, you know, then you go from being deceived to being, hey, people, look, I have this problem, I need help, and you bring it out in the open, and, yeah, that is.
3: All right, so whenever I was a tiny child, um, I did two things, okay? So, first of all, I was someone who, like, I mean, like, always, 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 always was outside. I was never inside. I was I I had two sisters. <laughs> <laughs> they did like sports, and I really like sports as a kid, so I used to play like football by myself, like a big looking hair. So I was, you know, climb trees, like play with the animals in the park, because we ran into a park. And all this stuff, right? And so um that was one thing is I was an adventurer. Two, there was something that I did all the time and it was learn random facts. That's me. I'm someone who knows a lot of random facts. Um, I was kind of a child genius. Like I was, I watched Animaniacs and like learned all the songs and like all this yes. stuff. Like yeah. And so, you know, you know, little big shots, those really genius kids. Like that was me. And something changed. I don't know what happened, but this all went down. But You're still genius. Um, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so I don't know what happened. And anyway, though, I one, the two things that I always did was I was always outside, and I was always super happy whenever I came back, and there was dinner. I loved it. Like, I was so thankful for my mom at such a young age. And be like, oh man, there's dinner. I've been outside all day. And you inside, and, dinner. and I was really thankful. And then also, I love to tell my parents random facts. Did you know that hippo milk is pink? Did you know that I just learned all the capitals of the world, I know all the presidents, too? And my parents would always listen to me, and I'd just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, they would have so much grace for me. They'd be like, I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. So, so one of the things that, you know, on Saturdays, Saturdays was the day to play. didn't have any school, obviously. So I used to, used to, used to come into the house after being out for so long. And my, I, I always wondered why. My dad never ate with us, but he sat at the table with us. Never really could figure out. And, he, and whenever I asked him, you know, like, you haven't, like, haven't seen you eat all day. He's like, what I'm doing is I'm turning my heart to God. I'm choosing to sit with y'all and, and fellowship with y'all and talk with y'all because I love y'all. But I'm just not going to eat. And I was like, okay. And then there was, there was other times where I would just be walking around the house and I'm like, Dad, I just learned something really cool. And it wasn't something that cool. It was just another random fact. And while he was working on the computer, while he was, you know, in his room kneeling down, I would tell him something, and he would stop, and he would say, "That's so great." And then, you know, a couple of times I'd be like, "So, what are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm doing spiritual disciplines." And I was like, seven years old, and I was really smart, but I didn't know what that meant. And I was like, "Okay." So, so, you know, it was kind of an inside joke with our family. You know, 11 years or so, whenever all my sister, my two sisters were in the house, we were like, oh yeah, where's where's dad?" He's like, oh, he's doing his spiritual disciplines. <laughs> and so like, at 5 o'clock, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning, he would wake up and go walk around. He still does it, goes and walks around the park. And prayer walks and talks to God for one hour before he goes to work. And then he, he sits in his room for an hour at night praying to God. He has a little sign with the clothes hanger that says, Please don't come in, I'm talking to God. And like um so so all these all these this idea of spiritual disciplines, which was a very big word for me, I, I began to use it and I began to really understand it. Well, it wasn't until like this last year where I started applying it. So so one thing that I never understood, you know, you know, cancer came into our family. My my dad was hospitalized for like four months straight and I didn't see him for like I only saw him like once once a month for like four months. And he was, you know, in and out of the hospital and there was, you know, my, my grandma died and like all this stuff happened. And every single time I saw my dad, he was always praying. He was always being with God. And I would sometimes would joke around, I really would Joke around and be like, So did you do your spiritual, spiritual disciplines? He's like, Of course. And you know and so, you know, what are spiritual disciplines? Well it's it's anything that, that you do that is it is godly. So, you know, it, it's what Erica talked about, which is fasting and, and being in the word and, and prayer and being with community. All these things are something that God says, this is so important to me that, that like I understand you so much. In in Psalm 39 and just one thirty-nine it talks about how how you know I've knit you in in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were even formed. I your the thoughts of the Lord are more than the, the grains of, of sand in the in the beach. And like you just think about all this, this idea of like God is so big and he cares about me. And so what what do I need to do in order to to start, you know, breaking breaking this this chain of sin that I, I have in my life. And, you know, I've been weighed down with, with you know, several things that I know that everyone has. You know, Matt talked about pornography. It was same same way. I haven't done my testimony. I'd would, I would love to, but I mean, it was that was me. Like I was addicted to pornography for like nine years. No one knew about it at all. And God broke chains one night, and He did it in a pretty epic way. Because whenever I came out the next day, I was like, Whoa, this is a different world, and it was amazing. And it's it's been that that close closeness with God since. And so what I found is that whenever I go to the Word, whenever I realize that my identity is no longer this identity of of lust, I, I know that this is not me thinking, and it's not God thinking because He wouldn't give me that, He wouldn't tempt me, but but it's, it's 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 the it's the devil, and and if I don't if, if I don't practice fasting, which by the way guys it, it is voluntary, but it's something that Jesus did, and we want to be like Jesus, right? So so so. <laughs> So, you know, through fasting, through through understanding the scripture, through through prayer, through community, what we do is that we we turn our hearts to God and say that we, we don't want to be a part of what sin has to offer, and, and 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 that realization that you have whenever you realize that that the desires of your heart um, and 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 what you want in the flesh, if you're realizing that time and time and again, you're like. Oh man, it's great in the moment, and then right after, like I don't feel super amazing, or I I need to go back to it. Then it's probably something that's not going to last very long. So you look for something that is longing and something that lasts for for eternity, and that's that's God. And so so what He did with me and how He He allowed me to go into the step of of knowing my identity, which is really just that I'm a child of God and that I'm a worshipper. That's it. And everything else applies. And so these two things, I, I, I've, I've been able to, to turn away from from what I, I was and what I am now. And, and it's not the fact that, that what I was was not a child of God and, and not a worshiper, but I realized that now I am a child of God and I'm a worshiper. Like I, I, I turned, made this this change of I am now a child of God and a worshiper, so I can live my life accordingly, knowing that that whenever I have spiritual disciplines, no matter what comes my way, no matter what circumstances, I can choose joy, because whenever I choose joy, I know that I don't have to be anxious and I don't have to be worried about tomorrow, because joy allows me to say I am a child of God and I'm a worshiper, so. So in order for me to, to change that, I, I I stopped worrying, and I stopped fixating on what I want to be, and I started realizing what I am. That's being a child of God and being a worshiper. So so God has is, is grown me, and he's going to continue to grow me and grow everyone in, in, in knowing our identity, and we're going to become more humble in that. But it starts with knowing that you're a child of God and you're a worshiper, and that allows you to say, I am ready to, to seek you, because whenever you do seek after God and you do realize that His love is much more powerful than than what you could ever seek in the world, you can't go back to it. And you have to seek after it day in and day out, every hour. And and one of the things that I, I tell people that you know some of y'all have heard is that one of the tendencies that I want everyone to have at the cornerstone is that I want them to have the tendency to run to God. So whenever you are in, you know, you are by yourself, where you're in bed, whenever you're, you're alone, whenever you're with people, whenever you're in classes, whenever you're at work, whenever you're at church, everything that you do, you turn to But Whenever you're in the shower, God gives me a whole bunch of like, like revelations in the shower, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. And anyway, so um, th- everything that that is is, is you're, you're building a tendency to turn to God, and and if you begin to understand your identity, that you are a worshipper and you are a child of God, there's nothing in this world that will satisfy you fully, and there's nothing in this world at all that will stop you from from knowing that that you are a child of God and you're a worshiper. So um, we're actually going to end this off with with Nick talking about how to step in to this idea of stepping into freedom. Okay. I don't
5: know if any of y'all use social media. No. Yeah. We <laughs> <do>. <laughs> um, well, so. I'm probably going to butcher his name. I'm really sorry, Jesus. Um, so, there's this man uh, recently in recent news, um, and I've stayed away from social media uh, when it comes to these conversations and also news articles. Uh, this is a man by the name of John Allen Chow Chow. Cool. Um, if y'all don't know who that is, it's because you don't use social media, which is awesome. Don't. Um, but this man uh, was a missionary. Um and God led him to go and and talk about Jesus to this island. Um, it's an outer island, I believe it's near India, uh, where it's a unreached tribe of natives that live there. And um, upon arrival there, after, I don't know how long he was there, but I know that he was uh, he was martyred by the tribe's people. They're known as a very <laughs> violent tribe that doesn't like visitors. Um and it blew up um, in the news and it blew up over social media and a lot of areas and I kept my opinions and my thoughts away from that um, but I knew that I wanted to say something tonight. So um, I want to read a few verses real quick um, and then just kind of briefly as I read those share what I think about that and then um, just give him a moment of silence. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 6 Um, Paul is writing to his son in the faith Timothy it was the guy that he was mentoring as a uh, and discipling as as his rabbi Um, and what he says is for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near I have fought the good fight I have finished the race and I have kept the faith Um, and also in Acts chapter 6 and 7 we know the story of Stephen how he was preaching uh, the truth of Jesus Um, to people, and Jews that didn't agree that Jesus was the Messiah applied against him and brought him before the Sanhedrin. Um, And when he was asked to plead his case and defend himself, rather than defending himself, he simply declared who Jesus was through every prophecy that every prophet ever spoke, and because of that they took him outside the city and they stoned him to death. And and for his last words were, Father, please forgive them, they know not what they do. Um, And then the next verse I wanted to read. Um, is uh, what Paul writes or excuse me in Acts was written about Jesus um, it's in Acts 8 verse 32 and it says that Jesus was silent as they led him to the slaughter um, he was like a lamb uh, going before the shearer and a lamb before the shearer is silent he did not open his mouth um, and we know that God being God could have done whatever he wanted to do in that moment when he was being brought to be crucified and yet he chose, because of his love that he has for us, and because he wanted us to experience this freedom that we talked about tonight, um, to go through with what he did. And because of that, we had all of these great testimonies that people spoke about how God has moved in their life and all the great things that God has done in their life. Um, and with that, one other verse I wanted to read um, is Matthew 24:14. 14. Um, and the verse is, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So as for my opinion of what happened, um, I don't believe this man was wrong. I believe that it's completely countercultural to anything that we may have ever experienced in America. Um, but this man was living in such a life to where I think he deserves the title of Christian. Um, the First Church of Antioch is the first time we see Christian in the Bible. And the reason they were called Christians is because they weren't acting like Jews and they weren't acting like Gentiles. They were acting a lot like this guy, Jesus, who was willing to suffer and to die for his people. And the only thing that Christ ever did when he came to this earth was love. God is love himself. And the embodiment of that is Jesus. Um, So in order for my king and and for those of you who trust in Jesus to ever return and for us to be able to have just... (laughs) Be able to be with love himself and all those things that come to your head when you imagine getting to walk and stand side by side with Jesus and Jesus ruling over this earth and the prince of darkness no longer having any control and none of us ever having a reason to try to find freedom because freedom himself is right here by our side. The gospel of Jesus has to be spoken to every nation. So with this freedom that we have, and, and, and with this truth that we now know in our heart, I believe that it is my duty, and it is every person's duty in this room who claims that Jesus is their king and their savior, to be willing to lay their life down on the line and to preach that truth and that freedom to all nations. We could just give him a moment of silence. and um, just think you in your heart and thank God for his example um, and also you know, for his family. thank you for John's life. God, I thank you for the example that he has set for each and every person here. God, I thank you that through his sacrifice of his life, that it stirred up conversations in many rooms across the earth like this. God, I thank you that for freedom that we can have because of you, because of your life, Jesus, that we can have freedom in your name. We have the opportunity to be able to walk in that freedom because of what you've done and what you're still doing in our lives. God, I ask you to begin speaking to each person's heart in this room. We don't necessarily have to go across the earth to a deserted island, God. We can just simply go across the street or the person who sits next to us in our classroom and our work. But God, I ask that you would give us a spirit of boldness and of willingness to lay our lives down on the line.
0: Because
5: we were not created for ourselves. We were created to worship you. And we were created to be like you, and you laid down your life for us, Jesus. So I thank you. God, I thank you for the example that you set for us, that you first had faith in us and not to be willing to die for us, knowing that we would one day be chasing after you. God, thank you for first loving us so that we know how to love people. God, I thank you for tonight and for every person that spoke, God. And I pray that every word that you've spoken to the hearts of individuals here tonight would stick and would stay. God, I pray for freedom in this room here and now. God, let us walk in that freedom. Let us choose the freedom that you have given us, this precious gift of salvation. Amen. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you've done here in the cornerstone and everything that you're going to do. God bless this night. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I believe in your